First time I'll be preaching barefoot. <laughs> before we just get started, before let me ask you this: What is this? What does Christmas mean to you? Why are you here today? Why, why do we like this time of year? Why? Yes, it's holiday, and I guess some of us, if you got a bonus this year, God bless you, use it wisely. Um, but, but why? Why are you here? Why, why is this time special? Is, why even do we come to church in times like this? Is it because we've got this expectation, man, the preacher is going to give this exegetical sermon and he's going to do exegesis and man, I'm going to look at the scripture and say, I never saw that. And now you go and you, you're like grateful for the week and then it sustains you until next week, but then you've forgotten what the guy said the previous week and like, why are we here? Why are you here? If it's not so that you and I can come to a place where we have encounters with God or something is birthed or a seed is planted in our souls that make us yearn for Him, why do we do what we do? So before I even jump into Scripture or into sermon and unpack what the Scripture means, I want you to look at the Scripture on the, on the screen. It's from Philippians 2. And we're going to take, like I'm not going to even say anything about it right now. I want you to have an encounter with the word this morning. Well, you're going to sit, you're going to read it, you're going to meditate it. You're going to say, what does the scripture mean for me, Bronwyn? What does the scripture mean for me, Travis? What does the scripture mean for me, Harry? So we're just going to take five minutes. And I want you to look at the scripture, read the scripture, make sense of the scripture, take from the scripture what you desire. And then we'll take it from there.
a beautiful piece of scripture. And I encourage you, just like you did now, may we make a habit of this month, this few weeks that lie ahead, that you just take scripture and stop worrying about all the other attachments to it and just say, Lord, speak to me from your word. Speak to me from your word. Speak to me. Reveal yourself by your word to me, Lord. So this week was quite interesting. Um, on Monday morning, I, I told Jonathan, Jonathan, I don't want to preach on Sunday. Um, serious. And I said to him, I'm going to organize someone in my place. So he said, it's fine. Um, now for various reasons, but I just like, I'm, like, I'm tired. I'm like smooch. I'm going to do another week of prep. And um, it was a busy two weeks that have just passed. And just said to him, I'm going to get someone else. He said, it's fine. So Monday afternoon, I get home and um, obviously, I'm aware of the series that we're doing now. It's called The Songs We Sing. It's really jumping in and understanding these songs that have been sung for the last 150 years. Do we really grasp the beauty of it? I mean, oh, holy night, that's what we're going to look at t- today. Um, do we understand and do we recognize that what you're singing and are you allowing that to minister to your soul? Anyway, so Monday afternoon, I get home and I'm like thinking, okay, who am I going to ask to preach on Sunday? Um, normally, we don't do it a week in advance, but it's December. Everything's different, right? And um, so I start, I, 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 like I said, I understand what our series is about. I worked, worked on it, and I just play A Holy Night. Monday afternoon in, in my office, something happens in my soul. Something happens in my soul, and then I play it again. And again, and I'm reading these lyrics, and so I'm a words person, so I, I know some of you, you just like the melody of a song, that's nice, um, good for you, but if you're a words person, I really want you to look at the Christmas Carol's words and how deep it is, and and hour and a half later, I'm, I'm, I'm still just singing myself into a sermon, if I can put it that way, <laughs> and I reconvince myself, no ways, you need to preach on Sunday. I just had this encounter and the realization of the holiness of the moment and, and what this meant and how this song just really sets this up for us to grasp who Jesus is and, the, the, and I want to say the, the, the love that God has for us. You see, Christmas, we've all got these ideas on Christmas time. A lot of us believe Christmas must be fun and jolly and sunburn and we must eat magical food that tastes great but has got no calories in it. So we're not going to pick up weight. We've all got these ideas like you dare not be sad during Christmas, right? Like, and you've got your way of doing Christmas. It must be pumpkin pie. It must be bryflace. It must be whatever that looks like. You have your idea and expectation of what Christmas must be. And then you get married, then, you're having, then your Christmas is with your in-laws. And they don't do it the way you did it. And now you're sitting there, but this isn't Christmas. No, this isn't your way for Christmas. You get that? Am I the only one that's maybe experienced something like that? <laughs> you see, but the same way, we kind of have the same idea and expectation of Jesus. Jesus must be, I've got this expectation that Jesus must come through with me, must bless my business, give me fancy gifts, build me a house, do all these things. And I, this week I'm wrestling and I'm saying, I long for the day and the simplicity of our faith that says I long for Jesus for Jesus. And not for the things that he's come. I don't know if it's religion or it's just because we are becoming professional Christians because we've been saved for longer than six months. I don't know what it is. 
But somehow we've got this idea and expectation that Jesus must do these things for us. And if he doesn't, Jesus, who, why not? Who are you really? Are you really God? Don't worry, it's been going on for millennia. John the Baptist did the same when he got put in prison. He dedicated his life to foretelling of the Messiah. I mean, think about it. For years and years and years, the only thing he did was preparing people for the Messiah to come. Jesus come, he says, there's your Messiah, go and follow him. Great moment in the history of Christianity. And then John the Baptist gets caught, put in prison, tortured, and getting ready to die. And he says, hold on. My idea of this Jesus, my expectation of this Jesus, is he really the Messiah? If you want to know how that story ends, go read it in the Word. Put you there, kind of a cliffhanger. See, we can sometimes have this expectation that if Jesus doesn't do these things, bless my business, give me a spouse. I just long for the simplicity of wanting Jesus for Jesus. What I'm really trusting, and, and I think this is what kind of happened on Monday when I was listening to the song, A Holy Night, and almost like, it's I worship him for who he is. Full stop. Full stop. I mean, think about it. You've got wise men coming from afar. You've got shepherds. You've got angels coming to worship a baby. Friends, if you and I cannot have that same mindset or that same level of faith with Jesus, even if you do nothing, even if you come in the form of a baby, they actually came to worship him. A beautiful moment with Marnus and Natasha just seeing what a brand new baby looks like. <laughs> kind of fitting <laughs> for today. People came to Jesus because he was Jesus, not because he'd already stopped doing things. When did that change for us, church? Now, yes, he's not a baby in a manger anymore. Definitely not. And we shouldn't have the image of Jesus at Christmas time of only this little baby. No, he's so much greater. You can read Revelation. Come see, what he's, come see what Jesus will look like when he comes back. But if you and I cannot come to a place where these wise men, these shepherds, these angels came to a place and they said, this is the Messiah. And therefore I fall on my knees. I bow down and I worship and I give of myself. I give the best I can give. I quit what I'm doing and I come and I praise and I worship and I proclaim and it changes my life. Are we getting this? Are you, do you, are you getting this? Does it make sense? Christmas should be filled with Jesus. But yet we've got Christians just speaking on when's the real Christmas? It wasn't this. It's this pagan thing, not the tree, not the lights. The fat man with the beard, get him out of there. We, even this time, we've made it so over complex. If you want to have Christmas in July, do it. February, do it. <laughs> but can we worship him for who he is? Christmas should be filled with Jesus. And two words that come out to me when I hear Christmas, when I listen to some of the songs, is holiness, adoration, being filled in awe, and hope. Because ultimately, the message of Christmas is a message of hope. You and I have hope because God looked down and said, Dip is down where you are right now, I will intervene. Christmas 
Christmas is a time where he looks down at us. When God said, yes, I want to get involved. You will not be stuck where you are at. Two phrases. I'm going to look at two phrases kind of from the song. Just say this so well. The first phrase is, fall on your knees. How's that for worship? Fall on your knees is the first one. The second one we'll look at if, if we get there. A thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morning. Because of Christmas, we can be filled with awe and we can be filled with hope. That's what I trust that if you walk out this venue here today, that you will, wherever you find yourself in the next three weeks, that Christmas you hear, I can be filled with awe and I can be filled with hope. So fall on your knees. What I love about this, just I want you, even the title of the song, I'll give some context to the song, who wrote it when, but later, but even the context of the song, guys, who's, but almost two years ago, our little girl was born. So delivery room, Volgers Hospital. Here we go. All right, so Anshin and I check in 8 o'clock on Wednesday evening. We play Katan until 12, and we care. 12 o'clock, they give, yes, yeah, we actually got to play board games while we were waiting. She was getting a induction, thank you. Um, 12 o'clock, the induction starts. So we're thinking, okay, great, little girl's coming. 8 o'clock the next evening, Aaliyah was born. <laughs> 12, no? How many hours is that? That's a lot of hours. I can't do the math right now. 20 hours later. There we go, 20. Our little girl was born. And if you've never experienced, guys, can I tell you what you see on movies? With, with birth scenes. Doesn't do it justice. Okay. It is... Crazy, it is confusing, it's intense, and it's beautiful, and it's pure, and it's holy all in the same time. And I'm like overwhelmed. First time dad, it's like, what? what, what like, I didn't know my, my, eventually I just said to Anshin, please hold the power eight bottle. My hand is too sore. You're going to break my thumb. I don't want to, when you guys come out, I have to go back into the hospital. It's just this crazy scene. Now, that's what a hospital room looks like. Can you imagine what a barn with cows and chickens and dirt and hay? Think of all you people that have pollen issues and allergies. Like, now there's a baby being born in this time. Now, I think if Joseph wrote this song, it would have been a holy night. It would have been a crazy night. Any dads that's experienced a little bit just what that looked like? And the song calls us to fall on our knees. Now, in the midst of this craziness, the dirt, the chicken, the cow, the dirty shepherds, these wise, fancy people, these angels, it's like, what's going on in the midst of that? You've got a baby being born, so there's fluid everywhere. There's no midwife. In that moment, worship happens. See, when holiness is the catalyst of our worship, our first response will be to fall on our knees in complete surrender and adoration. When holiness is the catalyst to why we worship Jesus, no matter what the circumstances look like, no matter what the crazy looks like around you, you will do this. Say, Jesus, here I am in complete surrender to you. Some of us are waiting for the perfect circumstances before you stop worshiping Jesus. There must be aircon. There must be people I like. They must sing the songs that I like. 
My connect group leader must pay for my coffee. No, when I, when I make my first million, Jesus, I'm coming for you. Right? When my business is flourishing, when Bitcoin turns around, Jesus, I will worship you. When we have a president who really pursues and we've got a government man that fixes everything in our nation, Jesus, then I will worship you. Some of us are so waiting for these perfect circumstances to come to Christ. And in the midst of the crazy of the birth of Jesus, something extraordinary happened. I don't think that was an easy time for Mary and Joseph. You've got strangers. It's a very private moment, the birth of a baby. You've got these strangers walking in there. Say, Hello, we didn't invite you. Don't know who you are. Fall on your knees. Now, what, why do we fall? Yes, because sometimes we are clumsy and we trip, but ultimately it's because there's an overpowering on us. Are you allowing the word of God to overpower you? Are you allowing the, a realization of who Jesus is to overpower you so that you fall down? We see this how many times in scriptures when people had encounter with God, what would they do? They won't take out a guitar and sing oceans. They fall on their face in fear and trembling before God. Now, yes, let's sing oceans. It's a great song. But when you fall down, it's almost because there's like this overpowering that comes upon us. How do we become overpowered? When I look at that scripture that we looked at, it says, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be his own advantage. Rather, Jesus made himself nothing. Do you know what's significant of falling on your knees? It's making yourself nothing. Or have we pumped ourselves up with religious pride so much that we can't do that anymore? Can you still make yourself nothing? Like Jesus came to make himself nothing. Or is it all about who's serving you, your bonus, who's getting the biggest gift at Christmas? Jesus, who he made, everyone say nothing. Say it again, nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by being obedient to death, even on a cross. Friends, this truth is overpowering. Jesus, thank you that you made yourself nothing. You made yourself nothing. Can I follow you, Jesus? And maybe you kind of say, can't we just start the service over because then I'll sing different. I would have taken off my shoes even faster before you said so, Wes. He made himself nothing. Vulnerable. Dependent. I was just saying, Martinus, if he dropped his little girl, she's so dependent on him. Jesus made himself dependent on people. Vulnerable, dependent, fragile. Can you do that? Do you want to do that? If we say, Jesus, change me to your image, make me Christ like. What will it take for you and I to fall on our knees this Christmas? Last year was the first Christmas without my father and my aunt in our family. So Christmas and New Year was a little bit bleak, to be honest. And I'm a big Christmas fan. Those of you who are friends of mine, I, my countdown for Christmas starts on the 25th of October. 
60 days before Christmas, Michael Bublé's out, um, Christmas carols, and last year it was just not that. My idea of Christmas, my expectations, it was nice, and everyone did their best, yes. And we loved each other in the way that we could, but the love looked a bit different because we had loss. We needed to deal with that and recognize that. Are you waiting for the perfect circumstances to worship Jesus and to fall in front of him? What needs to change for us to just to come to Jesus for Jesus? Like a group of people 2,000 years ago followed a star and did the same. There's a story of a man who was part of a, I'm going to read you the story, in 1940, Professor Edwin Orr of Wheaton University did a group of theology, theology students to England where they visit, visited sites of great revival. One of their stops was Epworth. Now, Epworth serves as a Methodist museum today, uh, but it was the former home of John Wesley, the founder uh, of, the jo of the Methodist movement. Um, John Wesley led famous revivals and a wave of spiritual renewal in the, in the 1700s, and we even see that wave still around us today in the world. So as a man of prayer, John Wesley interceded for revival to sweep through England and spread to America. Dr. Orr pointed out two worn places on the carpet next to John Wesley's bed where this man knelt for hours in prayer each day, crying out for revival. And as history tells us, that exactly happened. Heaven broke in and revival broke out. As the tour concluded, the students went back to the bus. So the tour's over. Everyone had a view of John Wesley's house. And as the professor was counting the students, he realized there was a student missing. So he went back into the house and went into all these rooms and tried to find where is this one student. And he checked everywhere. He said, hold on, I haven't been to uh, John Wesley's bedroom. And he gets there and he finds this young man kneeling down on the same patches where John Wesley had been kneeling down and asking for revival for years and years and years. And as he walked in, he heard this man say, Lord, do it again. That man was Billy Graham. If you don't know who Billy Graham is, Billy Graham is best known as probably the best preacher in the, in the last two, three hundred years. This man preached to millions and millions of people, had company with VIPs and presidents. This man started something beautiful um, that originated out of America, but also touched every corner of this world. hope that deep inside of you, your heart resonates with the same longing and say, God, if it could be there for John Wesley, if it could be there for Billy Graham, I don't care where I'm from, I don't care what, how old I am, I don't care where I live, can you do it again through me? Can you move again through me? But moments like that aren't necessarily birthed on a stage. It's birthed when you and I come and we're overpowered by the goodness of God, overpowered by the holiness of God, overpowered by the beauty of the word of God. And we're on our knees and we're praying. And I'm today asking Jesus, give me prayer muscles that will sustain this yearning in my soul. Because of Christmas, we can be filled with awe. It wasn't just some night. It wasn't just a cool night. It was an amazing night. It was a holy night. Because he is holy. And because he is holy, you and I can live lives that are filled in awe. Will you create awe moments 
when you're away with your family at the beach somewhere this year, or you're at home and everyone's with you, whether it's privately or publicly, is that our desire, church? The second line I want to just highlight in this, in this beautiful song, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morning. So I'm going to read just a part of Lamentations. It's a, it's a book in the Old Testament. Now, Lamentation, it sounds as heavy as that word. So Jerusalem had just fallen. The people of Israel have they've been defeated. And the prophet, um, I think it's Jeremiah, right? Yes, the prophet Jeremiah, he's writing this. And he's like full of lament and he's moaning and he's groaning and he's upset and he's got very right to do it because these people, as he's know it, have lost and fallen apart. A very bad day. Think of 11 and a half hours load shedding stage six. You know what that feels like? Anyone else living in Rasmuskloof? Okay, imagine that pain times it with 100 billion. That's kind of when <laughs> Jeremiah finds himself, just at the condition of his people. But, chapter three says, I will remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the goal. I will remember them. And my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassion never fails. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. To the one who, who he seeks, who seeks him. I love it. Says he remembers his affliction. Friends, having living a life of hope doesn't mean I bury the bad things and I almost like train my mind to forget about these bad stuff. And now I can have hope. Now I can have this positive attitude. Jeremiah says, "I remember them. I remember that my soul is unwell." He kind of is almost telling himself, "Remember what you are going through." Then he does something fascinating. See, living with hope isn't ignoring the tough things around you. It isn't making like it didn't happen. That's not what living with hope looks like or should sound like. It is remembering these things, but lifting the truth of God to the same level and higher and choosing to believe and worship God, even if this exists. Let me say that again. Living with hope isn't forgetting and kind of blocking out the bad things that have happened in your life. And you kind of have to be this positive cheerleader for the rest of your life. That's not Christianity. Christianity says, I'm, I realize these tough things that have happened in my life, but I'm taking the truth and the beauty of God's word and I'm elevating it to this level and to the higher level than my circumstances and saying, God, I choose to believe in you. I choose to trust you because of who you are in the midst of what I'm facing. That's what living with hope looks like. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. We're just saying that. A thrill of hope. Why can you and I have hope at the end of 2022 when we've gone through two tough years, there's been personal loss, there's load shedding, there's ESCOM we don't know, there's issues in our government, there's even issues in your own mind, your own soul, business is tough. How can you and I live with hope? How can we be cheerful in this season? It's not by ignoring this. It's by choosing to see this and getting to the word. You'll find twice Jeremiah says, 
I remember and I say. See Jeremiah speaking truth to himself. It's time that some of us, you must stop listening to yourself and start speaking to yourself. Do you get that? If you're going to be caught up in your own thoughts every day for the next three weeks, I don't know what's going to happen. But thank God we've got the word that says, and I speak to myself. I remember this. Yet in the midst of my troubles, I remember that this is who God is. He says, I'm going to call this to mind. I'm going to call this to mind. I'm going to remember this truth so I will have hope when no one else does because I know this truth. And his truth was because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassion never fails. Great, how do you talk to yourself? By the word of God. You take scripture and you speak it to yourself. What scripture? This scripture. The Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him. Do you see the Lord is good to those whose hope is in him? Not in Bitcoin, not in company, not in your business, not in your spouse, not in your children, not in your church, not in your pastor, not in your connect group, not in the elders, whose hope is in? Everyone say him. So if your marriage is struggling in December 2022, what I hope you understand is, is that God is there. And if your hope is in him, that is exactly what your marriage needs. If your business is struggling, if your hope is in him, that is exactly what your business needs. If you're in a tough space and you, and you can put your hope in him, that's exactly what you need is the hope in Jesus. Because of Christmas, you and I can be filled with awe and filled with hope. And the scripture paints it so well that God is good to those who hope in him. So therefore, can I ask that you hold on to your hope? I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what you're going to go through. But I know this is not the promised land. I know that this isn't our forever space. Chwani, you will not live in Chwani forever. You will not live in South Africa forever. You will not be an African forever. Because our real reality is in eternity. So therefore, can you and I hold on to hope? Fight for your hope. Don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. Someone needs to hear this this morning. Do not give up. Don't let go of hope. Let go of fear. Let go of anxiety. Let go of false idols. Let go of your, if I make this much, I will be better. Let go of those things and hold on to hope. Hold on to hope. The weary world, yes, it exists. We're part of it. But in the weariness, there's a thrill of hope. And therefore, the world can rejoice. When someone looks into your Christmas table on the 25th of December this year or the 24th, what will they see? Will they see holiness and hope? Or will they see consumerism and gluttony? When people look in, when the world, the weary world around you, you'll find yourself in a place somewhere in December with someone who's worse off than you. They're weary giving them the holiness and the hope of Christmas with a prayer or a word of encouragement say, you know what, I'm here for you whatever that looks like the first song to ever play over radio in the 1800s uh, Diana, you can join me on stage so there was a man he fiddled around with radio transmission um, and he kind of figured out that, hey, we don't just have to send Morse codes out on radios. We can actually speak. 
So the first thing, you can go and Google this. The first ever voice spoken over radio was a man named, I keep forgetting his name, Reginald Feddersen. The first ever language words that came from radio that was broadcasted was from Luke chapter 2. This man read the Christmas story from Luke chapter 2. Now, can you imagine yourself? Just think about hope. You're on a boat or on a ship somewhere in the Pacific Ocean. And all that this radio has been doing for the time you've been on this boat is sending out little poop, 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 poop. And somehow, there's hope. This Christmas story is red. After a while, Reginald finds out, well, hold on. I'm sure if I can speak on radio, I can play something on radio. So he picks up his violin. And did you know that the first song ever to be broadcasted on international radio was a song called Oh Holy Night? Can you imagine what that holy night must have sounded like to men that were on ships, on farms, in cities that haven't been developed? Can you just imagine what moment that must have been when this music played and the realization of the gospel came forth to people. I think that's why I love Christmas carols. It's because the gospel, the good news, the character and the adoration and the glory of Jesus is everywhere. I cannot help but stop, fall on my knees, say, okay, where is you are going to preach? Because that's what the gospel does. When we allow it into our hearts, when we allow it into our souls, it produces obedience. It produces a change. It brings something forth that you in your own works couldn't get. I've been saved for 20 years and I'm thankful that on Monday afternoon, I could say that the gospel did something in my soul that could pick me up from where I was and put me in a better place because it could transform me. So I want to pray for, by the way, thank you for taking off your shoes. Those of you who did. If you didn't, that's also fine. But I really appreciate it. But I want to, there's two moments I just want to pray for us today. And maybe the buzz of life, success, failure, hurt, pain is almost just numbing a bit the realization of what Christmas really means and the beauty of it. Thank you. Holy fire. <laughs> Maybe you've grown familiar with this Christmas story, with this Jesus. You've been hearing it since you were young. It's everywhere in the malls, just Christmas carols and jingle bells. Maybe there's a place in your heart where you're longing for something real, something beautiful, something that moves people, something that creates movements, that, that brings change. But you've just grown a bit familiar in your soul. And you want to come to a place, you want to surrender yourself and say, Jesus, today I want to fall on my knees. And I want to say, here I am. Minister to me. Move in my heart. Change me. Now, you can do this practically in two ways. Number one, if you want to go on your knees, then you can do that. Please do that. But if that's not possible right now, all I want you to do is just to raise your hand. I'm not going to 
this is just a moment for you. It's kind of like you're being overpowered by the truth of the gospel. You're being overpowered by the truth of God. Friends, we weren't made for religion. We weren't made just for, here we go again. It's sometimes scary when I look at my own life. I can see glimpses of that. No, Jesus, I want you. I want real. I want truth. I want life. If you just want to bow down on a knee or just raise your hand or do what you need to do just to acknowledge Jesus and I'm being overpowered by your truth this morning of that holy night and what it means. You can do that right now. Misschien sit jy hier vandag en jy is so gemakkelijk met God. I just feel like I need to say this in Afrikaans. Misschien sit jy hier vandag en jy is so gemakkelijk met God. Jy is so gemakkelijk dat God eindelijk nie meer eers een invloed in jou leven het nie. God is eindelijk net een concept. Iets wat buiten jou raamwerk lewe van jou leven. Vanochtend is een kans om dit recht te maak en sê God, jy is nie meer buiten my leven nie. Jy is in my leven, deel van my leven en die middel van my leven. pray that as you see everyone's responding this morning, we, just as a corporate confession, we repent. Repent for making other things more important in our lives. Repent for making you to become so familiar, to almost being blinded to the holiness of who you are. You are the holy God, the perfect God. And we repent of this this morning. And say, Jesus, may we see the holiness, may we recognize who you are. May we be overpowered by your truth. May we fall on our knees, whether it's here on Sundays together, in our rooms at home, even sometimes in our workplace, where we can just say, Jesus, I recognize you. You've got the power and not me. Forgive us for making things the main thing, not you. And I pray for life that will be produced like a well that flows through our souls. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, that you transform lives. And because of that, there's hope. If you just need hope in any circumstance this morning, I also want you to just raise your hand. If you need hope in your marriage, hope in your future, hope in your finances, hope in your health, if you know I need hope, I feel just hopeless, I feel defeated, I feel anxious, I feel depressed, I feel stressed, if that's you, just raise your hand as well. I want to pray just a short prayer of faith over you. Jesus, thank you. Thank you. That because you entered into planet earth, that because you became a baby, that because you were born like us, you made yourself nothing, that you lived a perfect life for so long and then you were crucified, but you defeated death. And therefore you are the risen king that reigns forever, that we have hope in any circumstance. I pray for everyone who's raised their hands, that they will grab onto you and never let go, that they will hold onto you and never let go, that they will hold onto you, Jesus. They will hold onto you and be like hard-headed about it. There will be a desperation in our souls to hang on to you because you are the producer of hope. We cannot find hope anywhere else. 
Settle that in someone's soul this morning, Lord. Settle that in someone's soul tonight, today. May this Christmas be different for us, Jesus. May we humble ourselves, make ourselves nothing. Think of those around us and not just about our own comfort. May this be different because of Christmas time we can be filled with awe and filled with hope. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for being here this morning, church. I'm going to give over to Ron. I've given my best. I've got my vitality points. God bless, guys. Travel safe and see you guys next week.